Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the brand new official True Blue This Is It 49er schedule. It is here, Raymond. We have the exact weeks. We know where we're going to be on what days. It is all laid out, barring any unforeseen circumstances. And we know there have been some big unforeseen circumstances. But if all goes well, we have the official 49ers season, Raymond. And uh, before we get started, just real quick, are you excited? Did this get you pumped? Absolutely. I mean, this is just... How excited you are! We're 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 now just a few months away from the start of the season. Uh, it certainly see. I mean, obviously, a conscious effort is being made to make the season happen, uh, regardless of the circumstance. Obviously, albeit with you know, uh, you know, respectful protocols in place that that need to be. But the fact that it's we're getting this close, and now that we have a very clear picture on what to expect. For the 2020 regular season, 49ers schedule just gets me pumped. I mean, the draft is done, free agency is done, and now the schedule is done. The next thing is obviously progress of training. However, that is going to play out this season. Obviously, it's going to look a little bit different. It's going to be more virtual and remote than ever before. But after that, it's preseason. We're only, you know, two big experiences away from our next exciting season. We are here, Raymond. It is awesome. Now, before we get started, why don't you let the people know where can they find us to talk about this badass new schedule? You can always like us on Facebook.com slash The Goldcast and be sure to follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher all under the same moniker of The Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we want to get your take on what you think of this brand new schedule and a brand new list of familiar and new opponents. Yes. All right. Raymond, now if they want to talk to you directly, where can they find you? The easiest place to find me is on Twitter at Ray Solis. That's R A Y. S O L I S or and or Instagram that's at Ray Solis one. That's the number one, not the spelled, not the spelling. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle. I am Rudy third. I am Rudy three R D. All right, gang, here we go. This is going to be a full breakdown of every week Every team, where where they were last year, what their Super Bowl odds this year are. I mean, we're talking, we're going in. We've got so many different facts. We have broken down this entire schedule for you. And this is your instant reaction show. We are super pumped. The greatest fanalist in the game, he's on the other line. Your professor of fanalism, I am here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis I, baby. Boom! All right, Raymond. It is here. The schedule has been 
delivered. It was shown on primetime today, 5 o'clock at, uh, on the NFL Network. And it was released early on the 49ers website at 4.30 p.m. And before we really get into all that we have laid out, because there's so much here, what is your overall impression of this season versus last season? Do you feel like this is a much tougher season? And do you feel like if it is tougher, are the 49ers prepared? I think it's tougher because the Niners have a target on their back now. They're no longer the up-and-coming surprise team, even though there's a there was a lot of people that were anticipating the rise of the Niners. Obviously, everyone in this corner of the sports world was feeling that way, but not all not all the pundits did, and certainly we certainly let one particular pundit you know let him reminded him of his being 13 prediction of last season all year long in fact every i think a lot oh, yeah. of 49er fans reminded that guy all year long to the point we had to basically had to make an apology video and calling himself an idiot but i think this year is different and is going to be more challenging because a it's hard to to reach back-to-back championships not many teams do it it's hard to do it you know no team has ever done it three times, so twice seems to be the the most common form of that whenever it does come about. No one's ever lost it and won it the following year either. Yeah, they it 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 um it really comes it comes like what every ten years team does that something around that that thing you'd have to look at it, but. I think there. If if you don't feel that it's going to be tougher, then I appreciate your optimism. But I think the fact that we were there, we are going to try to get back there. And there's a lot of teams we knocked out in order to get there. Not only in the tail end of the regular season, but also throughout the playoffs. All those teams are going to be headhunting for us because they know that the road to the Super Bowl is most likely going to come through San Francisco. So we are the team to beat. Everyone's going to be looking to get a piece of that. And it's it's not going to be the same. So Kyle Shanahan's going to have his work cut out for him. But I very much trust his ability to just draw up something creative and awesome for every single opponent, especially considering that he's working with mostly the exact same personnel, minus a few key pieces that we lost in the offseason. But we have filled with competent pieces via the draft and free agency and also got some new complementary pieces via the the latter half of the draft and with the undrafted class too so there's a lot to look forward to but make no mistake at least as far as my opinion is concerned this season is going to be a lot tougher it is going to be a lot tougher i do think the 49ers are prepared for it i do think that as we we're going to talk about in a second when we get into our fun facts there there we do we do have a new gauntlet a new gauntlet has risen i've already talked to our father the unofficial fourth member of the uh, of the gold cast Rudy Solis Jr and uh, he did not think this gauntlet was as tough as last year's gauntlet we shall see uh it, but in general it got tougher but i think it got more balanced and more fair does that make sense yeah i think the schedule's a lot more balanced and definitely a lot more fair especially in terms of the buy which we'll obviously address when it comes to that, but yes, the buy the buy is in a much more reasonable position this time around, and we're going to talk about that along with all of these new and exciting opponents. Absolutely. So, Raymond, let's get right into it, and let's start with our fun facts. Me and Raymond have 10 fun facts about this schedule that we're really excited about, and we know you're going to be too. So I'm going to begin with the first five. So number one, 
The Niners are going to play week one against the Cardinals at home in Levi Stadium. This is the first week home one opener we've had since 2017. So it's been a couple years since we've done this. And Raymond, speaking of openers, we will also be ending at home in week 17. And it will be against the other major opponent I expect to be coming out of the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks. Raymond, Week 17, Part 2, baby. Here it comes. What are your feelings just when you hear that? We open against the Cardinals, who were pesky as hell. They reminded of, of us a year ago. That's what they reminded me of. And then we close Week 17 against the Seahawks. Big chance for NFC West supremacy. What are your thoughts when you hear those, the opener and the closer, back-to-back like that? I think the NFL recognizes how how good these teams are and how close of a race it's it's going to be or at least they're anticipating and banking on that fact because it came down to the wire and you know the nfl would prefer that you know obviously they would prefer that seasons get played out in dramatic fashion the way the Niners season did where every game counts however if you're if you're coming from kyle shanahan's position it would be nice to have a game that didn't matter where you could give some guys important guys some rest that need it but that wasn't the case last season so i think the nfl is again anticipating a tight race in the nfc especially since a lot of the playoff teams are mostly retooled if not improved from the previous season so i think they're anticipating that same race again but i do believe that you know nfc supremacy is probably going to you know come down through the nfc west so why not have the stakes you know mirror the same dramatic stakes that we saw last season. Yeah, why not, right? I'm with it. I'm all for it. Let's go for it. I'm ready. Let's start with the Cardinals and end with the Seahawks. So this season will begin and end in the NFC West, both games at home, which I appreciate. Uh, This next one is near and dear to my heart. We've talked about this many times. I care a lot about the amount of primetime games the 49ers had. We were very spoiled last year. The 49ers had six games. They have reduced it dramatically this year. The Niners have five. (laughs) So I like it. That's where we're supposed to be. Uh, The five primetime games this season, four of them, Raymond, are at Levi Stadium. And we're tied for the most in the league. So there's five NFC teams, five AFC teams. Here's all the teams not including the 49ers. You've got the Ravens, the Packers, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, eight. Eight in both leagues. One from each division, basically. And so these are the teams that we're tied with. Those are the guys. I'm going to repeat them one more time. The other the other teams with five primetime games, these are the most that, that we're all tied for the same right now. The Ravens, the Packers, the Rams, the Cowboys, Chiefs, Patriots, and the Buccaneers. You know Brady's going to be up there. You know, even though the Rams are kind of shitty, the fact that it's the L.A. market is probably the saving grace as to why they're on that list yeah i'm really surprised the seahawks weren't up there to be honest well i think the seahawks the seahawks needs the seahawks have to be juxtaposed to a a complementary market versus holding that market on their own true at least that's the way i see it because i mean because i mean who's a seahawks fan (laughs) i mean yeah i mean do you really want to you don't want to see 12, 12 fan signs and neon green? I mean, come on, that doesn't come sell. <laughs> go to the go to the fake bird cast if you That's want right. to learn more about the, That's right. the, 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 12th, the 12th cast. The 12th cast, yeah. Yeah, where there's there, it, it 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 like the 12th man is not a thing. 
All right, Raymond. Of these five primetime games, we have three Sunday night footballs, one Monday night football, one TNF. That means of the five, three of them are going to be called by Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, and you know that makes me happy. It makes me happy. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, we had two Monday night football games last year. This year, we only have one. One Monday night, one Thursday night, which means only two short weeks, and then three Sunday night footballs, baby. Prime time. Al and Chris, let's go. And then the last fun fact I'm going to give before I pass this off to Raymond, the 49ers will face six teams that reached the postseason in 2019. And here they are in the order that we will face them. Not necessarily week to week, but this is the order that they will that we will meet them throughout the season. It's going to start off with the Eagles, followed by the Patriots, followed by the Seahawks, followed by the Packers, Saints, and finally, the Bills. Which, God, I mean, you want to talk about a team I feel like we never play. The Patriots and the Bills, I feel like we never play them. <laughs> Literally. Never. Never see them. Never. All right, Raymond. And now I'm going to pass it off. Deliver the next five fun facts about this season. Well, like last year, there was a stretch of the season called the gauntlet where we faced three very formidable opponents, although you could argue four based on some of the teams that preceded the gauntlet, such as Seattle and or Arizona. Arizona was no slouch. Division rivals in the NFC West are very challenging to play, even though you know their record might not indicate that they were very good although Arizona's on the rise and the Rams are always tough. But this year, there's a new gauntlet. A new gauntlet that uh, that you yourself, Rudy, you said you were looking at the schedule and you believe this is the new version of last year's gauntlet. Last year's gauntlet obviously being the uh, the Ravens, the, the Packers, and the Saints. This year, the new gauntlet will take place during weeks 7 through 10, Possibly starting week six, if you look who that opponent is, depending on how you know the Rams do this season, I think they're going to do more or less the same, probably maybe even a, a, a tick worse. But the new gauntlet goes in this order. The Patriots, the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Saints. So three of those teams were actually part of the gauntlet, or at least close to that. The Seahawks were around the gauntlet but they weren't necessarily part of the gauntlet they were they were part of their own separate they were part of the nfc west gauntlet and they obviously capped off the season with a do or die game in week 17 but this year you have the patriots who were the third seed last year the seahawks who were making a bid for the nfc west and a first seed first round buy and then of course the backers and the saints were also competing for a first seed first round buy last year so once again we are going to face some familiar territory Oh, yeah. This is going to be the stretch. Now, as you just said, depending on how the Rams do, let's say the Rams are cooking in this first half. That means you've got Rams, Pats, Seahawks, Packers, Saints. Uh, And Raymond, why don't you tell the audience because it's the next fun fact. And then I want to I want to continue on what I was going to say. Out of all those games there, how many of them are at home? We only have one home game during this year's gauntlet, which is actually pretty akin to last year. Uh, Packers, we were at home. Saints, we went to New Orleans. Baltimore for the Ravens, we we went uh, we traveled that way. Yep. All right, so let me finish this thought here. So, yes, as I was saying, if the Rams are good, that means you go Rams, Pats, Seahawks, Packers, Saints, all on the road except for the Packers. Now, but check this out, though. I was talking to our father, 
Rudy Solis Jr., the unofficial fourth member of the Gold Cast. And he said he believes that the Patriots are going for a huge regression. And he did not consider the Patriots part of the gauntlet. He considered the gauntlet to be the Seahawks, Packers, Saints. That's what he what that's what he considered to be the gauntlet. And let's not forget, after the Saints is a bye, and then we got to play the Rams all over again. So it's a pretty it's a pretty competitive stretch in the middle. I would say week six through twelve are going to be the real test. If this team is capable of making another run, week six through twelve is really going to prove it. What do you think? I think so. I mean, this is um, I mean, this is similar to the order in which the games. I mean, the, the the gauntlet last year was just a little bit further along in the season. This is maybe like I don't I don't quite remember the the location of those games, but it seems like it's like maybe two two weeks ahead of the gauntlet from last season, and because after that it was the who was it it was it's the ram as the rams rams falcons yeah rams falcons and seahawks ended the season right it was nfc or yeah rams falcons and seahawks 11 through 14 11 12 14 is that the gauntlet last year something like that yeah so it's about two or three weeks ahead of that schedule so but i think um you know i think it's the fact that it's a little bit sooner and the fact that the gauntlet actually lines up with our buy so that will be a much needed break to to regroup and retool to finish out the remainder of the season, basically the latter third of the season. So I think that's a, that's a much much nice a much much smoother arrangement than taking a break at week four when you're trying to establish a rhythm. Week four was brutal because by the time we got to week seventeen, you could see the wear and tear on the team. And as you had mentioned many times last season. We needed the number one buy because we needed a set. We needed the number one. Yeah, we needed the number one buy because we needed another buy. We needed another break. We had been playing straight since week four. Had we not? Had we lost to Seattle in week seventeen? Now we're going on the road in the wild card. Now we're going from weeks five all the way to the Super Bowl without a single rest period. And I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's really it would have been really really difficult. Yeah, totally. And I mean, and this this season is also, you know, fun fact, we only have two 10 a.m. games this season and they're both in and they're both coincidentally in New York. I love it. It's week two and three. That's correct. Yeah. How great is this? The Niners only have two 10 a.m. games this entire season. That's amazing. Yeah. And just get those again. They're back to back in New York. So that's really that's an easy schedule adjustment for Kyle Shanahan, who we know really likes to. He's he's very very he's very very considerate of the travel schedule in terms of keeping the team healthy and doing what's optimal for the team. The fact that you are playing New York teams, the Jets and the Giants, in back to back weeks makes it such an easy logistical decision to just stay in New York. For both those teams, because we obviously know the Giants play in Jersey, the Jets. I think the Jets play in uh, the same same stadium. They both play in the same stadium. Mm-hmm, yeah, same stadium, right? That's right. They share the same stadium, so that's just easy. You're gonna kick it in New York. The fact that we only have two 10 a.m. games, and that by week three we're done with 10 a.m. games on the East Coast, is a tremendous advantage that a lot of people don't take into consideration. Sure, we're going to have a pretty brutal schedule going on through the through the gauntlet, weeks 7 through 10. 
But the fact that those are the only two 10 a.m. games, 10 a.m. games we have to face, Raymond, that is huge, huge. And I am so happy. And it's just, it's just a, it's a relief to know that we're done with 10 a.m. games by three, by, by week three of this season. Yeah, totally. And then that leads us into our final fun fact, Ray. What is the be- This is pretty good. The bye is week 11. Yes. How awesome is that? Yes. It's basically basically two-thirds into the season. Well, it's nice and late, right? It's nice and late yeah. here. It gives them an opportunity. It gives them an opportunity to rest late in the season and kind of regroup before we head into our final stretch, which is always the toughest psychologically, and then we head into the playoffs, right? So, like, this this gives us that final chance to regroup, and I, I, I am super, super happy about it. Yeah, me too. Totally. This is gonna be this is gonna be a fun season. It's gonna be very fun. Assuming assuming it's going along as planned. <laughs> yes. Barring <laughs> barring catastrophic injury, this should be a very fun season. So let's get into it now, Raymond. We're gonna go week by week. And so I'm gonna start with the first nine games of the season, and then Raymond's gonna go. So we've we've teased enough. We've talked a lot about the fun facts. Let's get into the actual games and let's start with week one. Week one, we are at home for the Arizona Cardinals, as we previously mentioned. This game is on Sunday, September 13th, 125 Pacific Time on Fox. Now, a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are, have 50-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl this year. That is number 21 is their ranking roundabouts. The week one odds, Vegas has already put those out. We have the 49ers minus seven. So the 49ers are being listed by Vegas as seven-point favorites to beat the Cardinals. Now, a little bit more about our pesky little friends here, the Cardinals. Their 2019 record, they were 5-10-1. and 10 and one. Their home record was 2-5-1. and one. Their road record was 3-5. and five. They were fourth in the NFC West. They were eliminated from playoff contention during the regular season. The 49ers record against them last year was a 2 and oh, sweep. Uh, Raymond, how do you feel going into this game against the Cardinals? I feel like we were really kind of looking at a uh, a little bit of a mirror image of ourselves, a little bit of a uh, of who we saw previously. You know, I mean, they've they've got a little, they got a lot of moxie to them. They're really a team that looked like they were on the rise, and I, I expect big things out of them this season. What do you expect? I do too. And week weeks one through four are always going to be weeks where teams are getting into the rhythm of the regular season. So it's basically the preseason, the real preseason for the NFL, meaning the preseason that actually counts. So week one, this is going to be an interesting matchup because obviously the Arizona Cardinals are on the rise. The Niners are already, have already risen. So I'm curious to see how these two teams will face in week one. I think it's going to be similar to what we saw last year. I think I would expect a tight game. And Arizona is not going to go down without a fight. But I do think that this is not going to be your typical week one matchup. I think this is going to be a potential slugfest. Not necessarily a shootout a la the Saints game. But this will be definitely going to be a slugfest. I, just because I think, again, division opponent, week one, the you know the, you're still establishing yourselves. I think, although I think Arizona is more susceptible to potentially, you know, throw up a stink than the Niners because the Niners are more polished and more embedded within their system than Arizona is who, you know, had their rookie head coach last year and a rookie quarterback last year. So I'm curious to see if that, any of that momentum that they created in 
2019 is going to carry over into 2020 and propel them to a more favorable win-loss record. But we're just going to have to wait and see, and it's going to start with the 49ers. So uh, could, I couldn't have a better opponent, to be honest. I think this is a great test coming out of the gate for both teams. Obviously, I'm going to lean towards San Francisco. So I'm very, very curious to see how this matchup is going to play out because I, I don't think it's going to be lopsided in one way or the other, although I'd love to be wrong if it was uh, in favor of the Niners. Well, one of the things that we have to really we have to take into consideration, right, is that now, now they have all pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins, right, and this is going to be his first game. David Johnson, they you know they did that switch. David Johnson is now with the Houston Texans, and now DeAndre Hopkins is there in Arizona. And what a weapon to compliment! What a test for Richard Sherman and the secondary, and what a compliment for Larry Fitzgerald, right? Getting getting another vet to. Uh, proven time and time again uh in and also in free in the draft they got isaiah simmons a linebacker they got an offensive tackle josh jones they got a defensive tackle they got two defensive tackles and a linebacker so clearly trying to beep up beep up their defense clearly trying to expand their wide receiver unit and this is kind of a high flying this was a high flying offense last year so this 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 game this high flying offense with these new defensive acquisitions coupled with our retooling of the defense and also our big splashy wide receiver pickups in the draft. This this has all the makings of a uh, uh, 42 35, you know, 48 42. It could, it could be that kind of game. Yeah, I don't know if the score is going to get as high as the Saints game, like I was saying uh, just before. I think. I think this will be similar to the Arizona games we saw where it was kind of a mid-range score, 26, 22, 28. You know, I, the other one was 36, 26, the second meeting, but that was because it was a late garbage time touchdown. But I think that it's definitely going to be a competitive matchup for at least three quarters. At least that's what I'm anticipating. I, I You know, like I said, the Cardinals, I think, are of these two teams, they're, I think the Cardinals are more susceptible to throwing up a stinker coming out of the gate because everyone has a stinker coming out of the gate in week one of the NFL. And I think the Cardinals are definitely one of those teams in the NFC West that could very much do that. I don't see the Niners doing that. I think they come in focused and they come in ready to go. I think every, although, to be honest, I think everyone week one is going to be a little off just because that's the nature of week one through three. And more so this season because of the fact that, you know, OTAs and training camp, those are all going to be remote and virtual this year. So you're not going to have the same intimate time with your teammates that you would normally have. And I think that definitely is going to have an effect. I've never this has never happened before, so I don't know what degree, but I definitely think it's going to affect the way players come out and try to establish rhythm in those first three weeks for sure. Well, you know what? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's really Raymond where, where the real key difference is, is that we're not really going to have a preseason. So the question is, how are these teams going to how are these teams going to adapt? Because I feel like the first four to six weeks is already preseason, even with the preseason. So now we're going to get a real raw preseason. And I feel like the teams that are going to benefit the most that are going to do the best this season are the ones where the system is solidified in its place. It's the Chiefs of the world. It's the 49ers of the world. It's the, the I hate to say it, the Seahawks of the world. It's the Ravens of the world. The, the, these are the teams that are going to fare better earlier on because the system's already in place. I think the teams that are going to be in a lot of trouble are the rookie head coach teams, are the teams that um, maybe even some of these sophomore teams. I think Cardinals are going to be fine, but I think a lot of these teams are really going to feel the pain of not having a preseason. 
Yeah, and I mean, we hate preseason anyways, so it's not like we're going to have any love lost by not having a preseason. Although, it is a really good opportunity for the rookies to establish themselves and get some some, you know, live action exercises going without, you know, the pressure of having it count against them. Although, you know, I mean the the first the first rounders are obviously going to get a pass, but undrafted class and later round picks, you know, that's really their opportunity to shine and to establish a more prominent role on the team. So I definitely do watch it for that more so now than I used to before. I didn't never used to watch it at all. But now I watch it because I'm much more I think I'm much more commit, like I'm much more, uh, what's it called, invested into the progress of the rookies than I used to be. I I really enjoy preseason. I don't enjoy enjoy week four. I'd prefer it just to go weeks one through three, but you know it is what it is. It's just nice to have football back. All right, I'm gonna burn through these next two ones, uh, and then I have a real fun question for you. So week two and three, we are on the road. As I mentioned, these are our two only 10 a.m. games. Week two, we are playing the New York Jets. This is Sunday, September 20th, 10 a.m. The Jets have a 70-to-1 odds to win the Super Bowl. They are ranked 27th in the league. Their 2019 record was 7-9. and nine. Their home record was 5-3. and three. Their road record was 2-6. and six. They were third in the AFC East, and they were eliminated from playoff contention during the regular season. Week 3. At New York Giants, same exact stadium, Sunday, September 27th, our final 10 a.m. game of the season. They have 66-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. They are literally one rank below the Jets. The Jets are ranked at 27th, and the Giants are ranked at 26th. Their 2019 record was 4-12. and 12. Their home record was 2-6. and six. Their road record, 2-6. and six. They were third in the NFC East. It's like they're a carbon copy of the Jets. Um, they were eliminated from playoff contention during the regular season. They were bad no matter where they played. No matter where they played. So I have a question, a fun question about these two teams, Raymond. Do any of these two games feel trap gamey to you? And if one of these are trap gamey, which one's it going to be? Way too early predictions, but I'm just asking. I'm not asking. I'm just asking if any of them feel like a trap game. That's all I'm asking. Nah, too early in the season. To me, trap game doesn't matter. The trap game scenario doesn't apply until you've established yourself as a superior team, even though the Niners are going to be favored in both these contests. I just think it's too early in the season to consider either one of these a trap game. I don't I don't think the Niners fall for it. If one of these two guys were say in week 16 or 15, then I think the potential is there because you're coming off of the bye, you're feeling good, you probably got a good position in the seating or you're vying for a, a better position. You're on a little win streak, one or one or one to three game win, or two to three game win streak or something. Yeah, exactly. You 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 haven't even you don't even have a streak. You know you need to win these games in order to even get a the first streak of the season going. So I just think the stakes aren't there for the trap game. And these teams, I don't, I just don't, I don't trust their resolve in the off season in the draft enough to think that they're going to put up any kind of crazy trap game kind of performance. At least not because they remember they're establishing rhythm just like we are. But the point is. These are teams that are trying to retool themselves. The Niners don't have to necessarily retool. The, the Niners are in a reload. Let's reload and shoot it again. Where they're trying to retool themselves in order to have, you know, a legitimate shot, so to speak, at being a contender in the tournament. 100%, Raymond. Absolutely, we're in agreement. 
So let's move on to week four. Now, this is our first primetime game, Sunday night football. It's against the Philadelphia Eagles. We are at home October 4th. It will be on NBC. Now, a little bit about the Eagles. They have 18, 18 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That's currently ranked sixth in the league. Their 2019 record, they were 9 and 7. Their home record was 5 and 3. Their road record was 4 and 4. They were first in the NFC East, fourth in the NFC total. They were eliminated in the wild card against those goddamn Seahawks. Uh, the final score was 17 to 9. I actually am really hyped to face this, the Eagles. It's been a long time since we've played them. And, you know, this is a former Super Bowl champion that's trying really hard to get back to them. I, I don't know about you, but this this game feels frisky. It does. And I think part of that is because Philadelphia, as we talked about, you know, they're a they're a scrappy team. You know, they were they were nine and seven last year. That's a scrappy record to me. That's a team that that kind of has to claw and fight for every win because they don't have the personnel to really overwhelm their opponents in the schedule the way the Niners did with the 13 and three run. So there's a huge disparity between that. And that's why that's a wide that's a wild card team. You know, nine and seven, nine and seven. Those are your scrappy teams. That that's that's how I uh, that's how I look at the teams like that. And the Philadelphia Eagles are definitely one of that. I think if Carson Wentz could stay healthier, they could actually be more of a ten and six, maybe best case scenario eleven and five type of team. But Carson Wentz is just really fragile and a little reckless in the way he plays, and unfortunately, that gets him into a lot of health problems. So, but but again, the scrappy team like this, I think, is going to be a good testament because you're. Really and now you're really trying to build on top of that rhythm. So now that you've established a rhythm and you're gelling and you're cooking, you know, uh, at least that's the that's the hope that we want with our team any given season. Now comes week four where you're really trying to kind of build momentum on top of that rhythm. And week four, five, and six are definitely the games that you want to do that in because you want a strong, you want to finish, you want to finish the first half of the season strong. And this is kind of the pre- this is a you know kind of a mini gauntlet between Philadelphia. Miami's not that big of a threat, but the Rams are definitely going to be tough as we face them two weeks after this, but definitely for the Eagles. But it's the first big test, right? It's the first big test. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure. A first big NFC test. You, Arizona's going to be a test, but the first, first game's always wonky. This is like just like week four, I believe, was last year was against the Browns or the Steelers. It was one of those two teams, but it was like this is the first real test, and the Eagles are going to be a test, and don't forget, Raymond, Marquise Goodwin, now on the Eagles. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's a good point. We traded for him, so uh, one of the big acquisitions for them, whether he's actually going to, you know, put forth the effort and play and make himself a a viable piece of the offense, actually remains to be seen. Because one of the problems with Marquise Goodwin is he's very inconsistent. Sometimes he's committed to football. Sometimes he's distracted by his personal life. Although his personal life seems to be going into into, into the direction that seemed to be one of the big components one of the big components for distracting for his personal life being distracting which by the way is a, a valid a valid distraction trying to have a baby but also distracted by his track his track and field career like wanting to get back to the olympics that seemed to be something that was also causing more distraction yeah there's that there's that too you know because if you get injured you can't you can't do that you know and we we obviously he did that big race and won a million dollars so I think there's just sometimes he just doesn't seem like he's all in in football but with 
the fact that he's established a kid now, I think that takes one one less concern off the book for him and his wife. So he's, I think he'd be able to dedicate himself more to football. And I'm hopefully he makes himself into you know a viable piece in that Philadelphia offense because De- Carson Wentz can use all the receivers they can get. That was the one area they were hurting. So Marquise Goodwin is definitely an upgrade. You just don't know if you're going to get a full on commitment from him or not. But I, I hope he does because when he's on, he's he's a terrific receiver. He is. Um, but let's let's say I think. We- we can unanimously agree that we hope that when he turns on, it's in week five and not in week four. <laughs> yes. All right. Moving on. Week five. This is, again, the first half of our season is not too not too intense, which I think is a nice way to start the season before we get into the, the gauntlet. Gauntlet two, the new gauntlet, the 2020 gauntlet. Week five is against the Miami Dolphins at home. This is Sunday, October 11th, 105 Pacific Time on Fox. The Miami Dolphins, a little bit about them. 80 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That's ranked 29th in the league. Their 2019 record was 5 and 11. They their home record was 3 and 5. Road record was 2 and 6. They were 4th in the AFC East and they were eliminated from playoff contention during the regular season. At home for the Dolphins, not super worried. You know, this is a team trying very much to upgrade, but I think we're still a little bit, you know, we're still we're still maybe a a year or two off before they really break out. Do you have anything to say about them or do you want us to move on? I mean, the Dolphins, uh, what can you say? (laughs) <laughs> what, what what is there to say about the Dolphins that that matters? You know, this is a team that traded away they traded away Kenyon Drake to the Arizona Cardinals. They gave up uh who who else did they give up? They gave up um the the safety to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, this is a team that was definitely almost seemed like they were tanking. They were trying to tank. I mean, they did get they did get Tua, the big the big quarterback prospect. They got him. They got a cornerback. They got an offensive tackle, an offensive line, and a defensive lineman out of the draft. So, you know, you got some pieces there. So, you know, they, they did lose uh, Rashad Jones in free agency. So they're, they're still missing. Even though they got some complimentary pieces, there's who knows if they're going to be able to put any of that together. I, I just. You know who is over there, though? Matt Breida. That's right. This is back-to-back, week, back-to-back weeks where we are facing a, uh, a player that we traded away during the regular season. Yep, and he's probably going to get stripped by Quan Alexander or Fred Warner. That's that's my guess because uh, he does have a fumbling history. It's not a crazy fumbling history, but you know he is out of the three running backs that we had, he was the one that fumbled the most. So if anyone is vulnerable to that, I think it's him. So and he's going somewhere where the coaching staff is unproven. So I think that that definitely gives an edge to the Niners among all of the other <laughs> areas uh, that that we have an edge in against this team so uh, that, that it's still going to be an interesting matchup to see but I think we're definitely going to have the best of Matt Breida during that game I'm obviously giving giving some loose predictions here without giving a, a, a full-on prediction yeah these are just loose this is just off the cuff you know exactly just kind of what we're seeing today Obviously, everything is subject to change once we get in towards the regular season and we know exactly what we are dealing with. Okay, week six, Raymond. Another big test. Our next primetime game, we now face our second NFC West opponent. We will be home for the Los Angeles Rams. This is on Sunday, October 18th. Sunday night football on NBC. The Rams, a little bit about them. 33 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl this year. That's ranked number 17 in Vegas's books. 
their their 2019 record. They were nine and seven. Their home record was five and three. Their road record was four and four. Not that great either direction. They were third in the NFC West. They were eliminated from playoff contention. Basic when the Niners basically when we swept them, that pretty much solidified it and knocked them out. Um, although they were they were mathemat they were mathematically out when the Niners defeated them in the sweep. Our record against them was two and oh. Uh, Raymond, what do you think about this game? Any feelings about it? This is our next real big test and arguably possibly the start of the gauntlet part two. I don't just because I think Kyle Shanahan has got the best of Sean McVay. I don't think it's quite the same overwhelming matchup as it is towards uh, Matt LaFleur because I think Sean McVay is a better coach and a better offensive mind. But I do think that Kyle Shanahan has an edge. Not only does he have an edge coaching-wise, but he has an edge clearly personnel-wise. The Rams are still trying to catch up from betting the future to go to that one Super Bowl appearance that unfortunately resulted in a loss. So I think they're still going to be their Rams are still playing catch up this season, and I'm not really too concerned about this game. Although I do want to see it. I think the Rams are going to give us a good fight and about two quarters worth of a fight. It'll be fun watching them. Uh, lose their way to the fourth seed in the NFC West. Yes. <laughs> All right. Week seven, arguably the beginning of the gauntlet. The gauntlet, right? The gauntlet right here. Week seven, we are in New England to face those pesky Patriots. Thank you so much for Jimmy G. We'll send you a thank you card in this way. This is game is on Sunday, October 25th, 1.25 p.m. The 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 a little bit about the Patriots. The Patriots have twenty to one odds to win the Super Bowl. That is ranked seventh, seventh in in the, the league. So Vegas still has a little bit of faith on them, but that's a huge jump from where drop from where they normally are. Their twenty nineteen record was twelve and four. Their home record was six and two. Their road record was six and two. Not dead even both ways. Nice and efficient as they always are. They were first in the AFC East. They had the third seed in the AFC. They were eliminated in the AFC wildcard versus Tennessee, which was a shocking and something we have rarely, rarely seen and actually why the New England's always going for that bye. Raymond, what do you think about this? The last time we were good, because we did kind of get a little ass whooping from them a couple years back, but the last time we were good, it was with Harbaugh and we were in New England and that ended up making Candlestick Wheels top 11 49er games of 49ers games of the decade. Uh, what do you think about this game? Is this a Jimmy G coming home game and proving to Belichick how dumb of a decision it was for him to trade Jimmy G away? They have no quarterback. So that's the big thing. I don't think whoever comes in, they're not going to be able to have a Matt Castle like season. At least that's that's my guess because Matt Castle was there to and had time to learn the system, whereas I think the Patriots are going to have a little bit. They're going to have less time. I mean, I don't follow the Pats. You know, you got to go to the Boston cast or go to the the Wicked Awesome cast for, uh, for, to listen to whatever the hell they're talking about about the Pats. I think the defense is mostly intact, but I don't really, I don't really trust that. I trust. I mean, I trust a little bit of the Bill Belichick system, but I don't know if that's going to be enough to to have. The, I, they're not going to be a, a team that's that's you know, wow, they're they're just trudging along without skipping a beat. I don't think that's going to be their story. Uh, I don't think so either. And as I mentioned to you, our fathers already mentioned that he is not a believer, and he does he does not believe that the gauntlet begins here. He is not that afraid of New England at all. Yeah, 
I mean, their their draft was focused on defense, which was, <laughs> which was, I think, uh, and, and I get it too because they lost Kyle Van Noy and they lost Jamie Collins Senior and they lost Danny Shelton, and uh, so so I get it. They they lost three big pieces in in free agency, so they they retooled by getting you know Kyle Duggar and Joss Uch and Anfrey Jennings. You know, both of the latter two are outside linebackers. And then they got tight ends, of course, because they have a tight end issue out there. But I, I don't know if those players are going to be able to just plug and play uh, the, the way they have in the past. I, I just, I'm just not sure this time. Well, I'm hoping it's a thorough ass whooping. Nothing makes me happier than when I, the Patriots go down. So you will definitely, I'm going to get up for this game, and I'm very excited. And I think, I think we probably whooped their ass. All right, Raymond, here it goes. The middle week, possibly. Or even the beginning. Let's say let's say the Patriots aren't doing that good. Is this the beginning of the gauntlet? We have a couple places where this gauntlet can begin, but we know exactly where it ends. Week eight in Seattle, facing the Seahawks. This is the first game we will face them right in the middle of the season, baby. Week eight, and then again in week seventeen. Oh, don't you love it? You know the NFL does this on purpose. This is going to be Sunday, November first, one twenty-five p.m. on Fox. A little bit about the Seahawks. They have 20 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That is eighth in the league. Their 2019 record, they were 11 and 5. Home record was 4 and 4. Road record, 7 and 1. If you would have told me in 2013, which one is the home record, 4 and 4 or 7 and 1, I would have said 7 and 1. It's amazing. They were actually better on the road than they were at home. A rare, rare thing. Uh, Guess that 12th man can't help you win as many games as you thought. Didn't you, buddy? So they were second in the NFC West. They were the fourth seed in the NFC, and they were eliminated in the NFC divisional round versus they were facing Green Bay, and they lost that game. So, Raymond, tell me, what do you think? Week eight, is this the true beginning of the gauntlet, or did the gauntlet begin in New England, or or is it a wait and see? Well, unlike the Pats, who are more more than likely going to play the first half of the season with a one Brian Hoyer. The Seattle Seahawks are going to be playing with an, a potential MVP quarterback in Russell Wilson, and he always gives us fits. Even the 13-3 and three Niners you know, took the, both those games, went down to the wire the last second, literally. So I think this is going to be a similar game like that. This is going to be a slugfest, something like 26-24. It'll be very similar to the to the game. Could even be another overtimer. Who knows? It's either that. If that doesn't happen, then I think it's going to be uh, where Seattle actually takes a more legitimate step back and the Niners continue pick up where they left off last year. I am so looking forward to playing this team. I believe we are beginning the reversal the role reversal the last you know seven years of torture six years of torture that we've had to deal with with the Seahawks I believe it is now their turn to feel the pain and I think that this is really the beginning of us turning this this division back around and bringing it back where it belongs home with the 49ers I look forward to this game very much so Uh, I can't wait. These are the best games of the season. These are the best games in the NFL. It's the best rivalry. There you go. As much as I hate them, that's undeniable. All right, Raymond, let's move on. This is my final game, and then you are taking over for the rest of the season. Week 9, we are now smack dab in the middle of the gauntlet. For sure, this is the middle of the gauntlet. We know this for a fact. 
We are at home for the Green Bay Packers, a team we've had their name all had their had their uh, we've had their number all decade long. But it is a new decade, and who knows what happens now? The Green Bay Packers, Raymond. This is a short week coming off a short week. NFL is trying to help them. They're trying to help them. This is Thursday, November fifth, five twenty on Fox Thursday Night Football. A little bit about Green Bay. They have the twenty. Their, their odds are twenty-two to one to win the Super Bowl. Vegas has them ranked tenth in the league for that stat. Their record, 2019 record, 13 and 3. They were their home record was 7 and 1. Their road record, 6 and 2. They were first in the NFC North. They were the second seed in the NFC. They were eliminated infamously, handily, decidedly in the NFC Championship by the 49ers. Final score 37 to 20. Raymond Green Bay's coming back. Are they coming back for another ass whooping? Yep. <laughs> Swiss, Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese. Hey, melts when it's hot. Yeah. It melts when it's hot. A Royale cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the most notable draft pick was another quarterback. I'm not sure how that's going to help them against us, but, you know, Godspeed. And they're preparing for a departure that they're not going to be ready for when it does hit. No, not at all. All right, Raymond. Now, Raymond, I'm going to pass this off to you. You are going to take over for the second half of the season, and you're going to begin with, once again, Raymond, the most epic game, the most likely the final game in the gauntlet, Week 10. Break us down. Well, it's Week 10. We travel once again to New Orleans. That's going to be Sunday, November 15th. That's a 125 game. That'll be on Fox the Saints have are, according to the Vegas odds, are have a twelve to one shot to win the twenty twenty Super Bowl. That's ranked fourth in the league. And this was a team that was the third seed. They finished the regular season thirteen and three. They were six and two at home. They were seven and one on the road. They were actually better on the road than they were at home. So this is a team that's no slouch at all. They were eliminated. In the wild card round against the Vikings, who we ended up playing in the divisional round. I really thought we were going to play the Saints, but uh, the Vikings, I think the Vikings just have the Saints number now. I think there was a psych- there's a psychological edge that they have just the way it's played out the last couple of years between those two teams. Also, can we talk about the fact that the Saints really, really have a, a pretty tortured history of just really insane... Uh, just collapses in the playoffs. I don't. I don't want to call it a choke job. Um, something like you know the 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 Minnesota miracle was completely out of their hands. That that Seattle miracle was kind of out of their hands. Uh, the catch three. I mean, like they've literally lost like three of their biggest playoff runs. They've lost it in the final like thirty seconds of the game to three different teams. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you can say that at least they go down fighting. <laughs> they 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 fight to the end of the wire, but they've come up short on a lot of big games. Obviously, no one's come up more short than we have in terms of NFC Championship games because we are always contending for that big crown, baby. But I, I do think that uh, this is going to be a, a crazy, crazy test because, I mean, we're, we're going to be at home against Green Bay, so they have the exact same setup. We're at home against Green Bay, and we're then going on the road to New Orleans. So this is going to be a, a really, really... This is just going to be, I I think you can expect the same thing that we expected last time. Although I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as it was. Because remember, that high scoring was 
resulted the fact that New Orleans defense gives up a lot of points. They're good at times, but they they're they're they bend uh, quite a bit. They're they're a bend don't break defense, but our defense bent that game because we were just gassed. We were gassed and we were missing pieces. So assuming that that this is coming earlier in the season and that health is not going to be as big of an issue, especially because we're not going to we're we're I think you know this is we're playing to. We're playing to win because a win here takes gives us a win with huge momentum. Whatever the whatever the the standings are going to be at this point, heading into a week eleven bye. So it's a pivotal game because of where you end up. Net. You don't want to spend a bye mulling over a loss. You want to spend the bye celebrating a win and preparing for week twelve against the Rams. So I, I think that uh, this is going to be a huge game just because of where it's scheduled. What what it what was the implications last season? I think some of that's going to carry over. That's obviously going to be a big press story heading into the game. Even though the Niners are not going to really fo- be focusing on that on the past, they're going to be focused on who the Saints are this season in order to prepare for them, which is obviously you know expected uh, of this team and and all teams of the NFL. No team will look at years where of previous years footage in order to gain some kind of insight, unless there was something they saw there that was relevant to to look into that tape. But I, I, I'm ranting. But yeah, this game is going to be definitely, I think this is going to be the highlight of the gauntlet, in my opinion. Absolutely, Raymond. Absolutely. Once again, the gauntlet ends in New Orleans against the Saints, a team that uh, we've, I'm, we've had their, we've had, we've, we've, I'm not, I'm not going to say we quite have had their number. We've won some really big games against them. Uh, you know, they smacked us around pretty good with that bullshit call, uh, that bullshit call on the, 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 the sack from Breeze. I'm still annoyed by that, by that. But this is a game, this is a team that every time we go in, it's like the Seahawks. Anyone can win. It's going to, it's going to go down to the final 30 seconds and it's going to go down to whoever has the ball last and whoever makes the smartest decisions and makes the least mistakes. I expect no different here. I very much look forward to this game, and it's going to be very interesting. I'm very curious. Will the Niners be undefeated 9-0 and with it going into Week 10? I don't think so, but it's it's in play. It's in play, but I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to go that far to say that once again going into Week 10 this season we're undefeated. But just like Week 10 was truly the big turning point, it does feel like this game is the big turning point. And then, uh, and then, it, then it comes down a little bit. So take us into the next round. Well, Week 11 is obviously our bye, so we're going to get a big rest. But then Week 12, we go right back to L.A. to face the Rams. You guys have already heard the breakdown for their record of the season and where they stand as far as Vegas odds are concerned. But this is going to be a Sunday, November 29th, so post-Thanksgiving. We're going to be coming off a big, big stuffing on the, the 29th. That's going to be a 105 game, once again, on Fox. So, uh, again, I think this is going to be a game where you're you're really going to the, – the, the Niners are going to want to pick up where they left off coming off the bye, assuming they win in New Orleans, and they're going to want to put the Rams in their place and kind of – Put them further in whatever hole they're most likely going to dig themselves and be in by this point in the season. So the Niners are just going to kind of want to make quick work of them so they can get get back to home to host a what is probably going to be, in my opinion, a pretty competitive defensive matchup against Buffalo. Do we sweep the Rams again? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, do you take that bet? <laughs> I think we sweep the Rams for sure. I think so, too. All right, Raymond, now we're getting into the final stretch of the season. Uh, A little bit of an opportunity for more revenge on week 14. Break it down for us. 
All right. Well, week 14 is against the Washington Redskins Redskins at home. That's a Sunday, December 13th game, 125 on good old Fox. And they've got, get this, 110 to 1 odds to win the 2020 Super Bowl. That's 31st in the league. They're so they're so bad that they are second to last in, in terms of potentially win, winning it all. That's what Vegas thinks of their chances. Now, I will the one the one bright thing, positive thing in Washington that I will note is that Alex Smith was sprinting uh, within the past couple weeks. So good good news for Alex Smith. We are Alex Smith fans. He is you know he there's always going to be a soft spot for him because he is a former faithful and most likely a faithful for him. He's he's going to end his career obviously saying nothing but praise. I mean he is the consummate pro when it comes to press conferences. So there, there's not not going to be any love loss there. But uh, I am happy to see that he is making strides and it looks like he's on pace to return the season as to when I'm not sure. But the fact that he's sprinting uh, says a lot about his moxie and ability to get back on the field. So kudos to him. Yeah, the, the Redskins. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, here's a question for you. How much are they re- going to regret sending us their left tackle, Trent Williams? Well, Trent Williams wasn't going to play. You know, he kind of forced their hand. and so So they were between a rock and a hard place between trying to get that deal done. And he really, he really milked it for all it was worth, and we got the better end of that deal. So I, I you know, Washington's going to be hurting for sure because that's the left tackle. That's Alex Smith's blind side. So they're definitely going to want to shore that up quickly because you don't want to put Alex back in the hospital as quickly as he got sent there. So hopefully they do get some protection for him because I, I would hate to see Alex Smith get hurt again. You know, sacks are an inevitability for all quarterbacks in the league, no matter how good your team is. So it's just a question of, you know, how bad those sacks are. And hopefully Washington will get some protection. Although I do want to see the Niners, you know, pummel this team. So that, that some of that's going to come at the expense of, of Alex Smith. So I'm sorry to say, but that's just the way it goes. It's, it is what it is. It's just what the territory is going to be like. But Washington finished 13 and uh, three and 13 last year without Alex Smith and a lot of other pieces for that matter. They are one and seven at home and two and six on the road. They finished fourth in the NFC and were obviously eliminated from playoff contention early in the regular season. This is this is a no-brainer win in in my estimation. Yep, we go two in a row, two years back to back. Bye-bye Washington. Get out of here. Absolutely. So, uh, the the following week I think is going to be a uh, a different story. Just because you have Dallas Cowboys coming into town and how about them cowboys? Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, this is going to be this is going to be a pretty interesting contest because obviously the big news in Dallas. There's actually a couple of big things about Dallas, and, and to me, I think the, the the biggest story is obviously the new head coach. They've got Mike McCarthy from Green Bay, who's obviously an upgrade from Jason Garrett, the longtime backup to Troy Aikman. And I think that that's going to be a huge, uh, huge change for them. I think Dallas now becomes more of a bona fide contender, more a contender. And think of them as a ten and six, eleven and five team now versus a nine and seven scrappy team that kind of just gets lucky, uh, you know, riding the backs of all the talent they have on both sides of the football. 
But I think now that with Mike McCarthy's in the helm, I think the offense gets much more solidified, especially with the offensive weapons that Dak Prescott has at the wide receiver position. They've already got Amari Cooper. They've got, um, what's his name? I forget. I forget the, the wide receiver number two. He was on my fantasy team too. Oh, Michael Gallup, and they also drafted C.D. Lamb. So you've got some three bona fide big pieces there um, that that are going to really help out Dak Prescott. Plus, Zeke Elliott is a dual-threat running back. Not sure if he's going to see the bulk of carries that he did this past season, but he's not holding out this year like he did last season. So I think he's going to be able to start off off similar to he did the year that he won the rushing title. He's not going to have the setback of, of... you know, holding out and not being with the team when they need to get prepared and get ready for the season. So he's going to have all of that this time coming around. So I think he's going to be definitely more in rhythm than he was last year. It took him like the last quarter of the season for him to really get going. And even then he wasn't quite the same. And to me, he never really got on the right footing. He had moments and flashes throughout the year, but he never was quite the rushing champion that he was. And I think a big part of that was the fact that he sat out during the offseason program when that is so important for a running back, in my opinion, at least based on you know how I've observed the game and, and that particular position. But, I mean, Dallas, Dallas, they, you know, they, they um, this is a team that was 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. They were 5-3. and three at home and three and five on the road. So they, they've, they were pretty good at home and not all that great, not all that great on the road. You know, the, the betting odds are 22 to one to win the 2020 Super Bowl. That's ninth in the league. And this is a team that uh, fell to the Eagles. You have the Eagles and the Cowboys. It's two scrappy teams uh, juxtaposed with two really shitty teams in the Giants and the Redskins. So I think that this this game is going to be better. I think obviously the Niners have the edge here because uh, there's obviously a big difference in coaching here. and uh, But I do think that Dallas puts up a pretty good fight here just because offensively they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. It's de- it's the defense that's been their issue. If they can shore up that defense, then I would be pretty I, – I would say that this team's got a legitimate shot to, to bide for one of the, the top three seed positions. But where they sit now, I, I think they're still, you know, they'll be playing for a white wild card position at this point. All right, let me ask you a question, Ray. Do starting at defensive end is is his name Alden Smith? <laughs> That's a good question. That's a really good question. I. As much as I would love to see him clean up his act and just get his butt back on the field and just kind of be normal and have a normal, successful career, because that's where he was headed, I just don't know if he's got it in him. I don't know. It's a long time to be away. It is a long time to be away. You know, he's not in football shape. He, you know, whether he ends up doing anything about it, who knows? You know, I I hope he does just for, for his own sake. Not necessarily, don't necessarily want to see him take it out on the Niners if he comes back and does a bunch of crazy things like picks up where he left off. But I, I just, I think he's been away from football too long. So I don't know if he's, if he's going to be doing that. I, I, I'm going to say no, unfortunately, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be a pessimist here just because of his track record. I don't think he's starting either. I think he's one of these guys that burns out by week three or four. And they realize that like, he's just not at the level he was. It was kind of very similar. I think it's just a very similar case to, uh, beast mode Marshawn Lynch last year during the playoff runs where it became really obvious to them that we know for whatever reason I think it was happening in practice because they weren't giving him a lot of touches but it was like ah not really 
he's not really ready for 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 this level anymore. And I, when you're gone that long, as much as raw talent as he had, you know, I I I I, I I'm more afraid of the mental anguish he's had to go through, the mental battles. And yeah, I I, I agree with you. You know what? I would love to face a good Alden Smith. I'm not afraid. I'm not one of those fans that like wants teams to be hurt, wants teams to be whack. I want everyone at their best. I want to play everybody at their best. I want to go through the toughest road to get to the championship and prove our worth. So yeah. I would love nothing more than to have Alden Smith be a beast, be a beast at week 15. Good players make the league more exciting to watch, you know, and Alden they Smith do. is one of those guys. So he makes the league better, you know, good, good players make the league better. It's what makes the league go round and, if he's able to do that, then I think credit to the Dallas Cowboys and credit to football. <laughs> yeah, but I, I am with you. I, I the, the odds are against him. Let's say that, right? We can agree on that. The odds are against him. They certainly are, but the odds do get better, at least for one team in Week 16, because we're going to be traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. That's going to be a Saturday or Sunday, December 26th or 27th via Fox. And as you guys already know, the Cardinals are, have had 50 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That is 22nd in the league. You already heard the breakdown in the first half of the season against this team, so I won't go through that again. But I will say that, again, this is late in the season. Seating and standings matter more. And depending on what Arizona does throughout the course of the season, they're going to be either playing spoiler or they're going to be playing contender. So uh, this this is going to be a tough game no matter what. Just like game two was last year, I expect that same type of contest this season too. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but that's just kind of what I feel when, when I look at this matchup. So when I look at the Cardinals and I look at Kyler Murray and I look at you know their little air raid system, you know what I think? I go, hey. This team's got balls. <laughs> that's what I think. Kyler Murray. He's got some balls on him. I like this kid. This team's got a lot of balls. You know what I'm saying? He's got a lot of balls. Yeah, he's got a lot <laughs> like, of like you're, that kid. Like you're squeezing the cheeks of of, of Cliff <laughs> Kingsbury. This this team's got a lot of balls. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? This kid right he here. Got this some kid's balls got a lot of balls. You. He slap his face. <laughs> Yay! This guy's got a lot of nerve. I like this kid. Got some moxie to him. He's got some moxie. Got some fight to him. I think the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, I think you and I agree. We've said this many times. We don't really care about the Cardinals or the Rams. Really, truly, the only rival we have is the Seahawks. So to me, I'm like, hey, look at look at the look at little kid. Look at kid playing on the block. Oh, hey, he's got some balls on him. Look at this guy. Got a little fight to him. That's cute. That's cute. Too bad we're men. We're men. You're a boy. Get out of here. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. That that's 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 all. That's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, and and of course, no no season ends correctly in the NFC West if you're a 49ers fan than having a Week 17 contest, per, per, contest potentially for a winner-take-all once again at home versus Seattle. That's a Sunday, January 3rd. This is now 2021. This is a 125 contest on, wait for it, Fox. And of course, we are playing the the team with the fictitious Max Scott that doesn't exist in any true no no there is no bird that exists here. This is the this is a a very fictitious team. They have a fictitious fan base, fictitious uniforms, and a fictitious mascot. There's nothing great to say about this team other than the fact that they are playing at the end. So it's the greatest rivalry between 
two NFL teams. I think it's the greatest rivalry in the NFL of the past decade. And it is once again reignited from one season alone. And I think that's going to be the same case this week. And what better way to close out the season than having two juggernauts? I'll, st- I'll still give Seattle the dignity of being a juggernaut, even though they're more of a, more of a shell of that juggernaut th- than anything these days. Even though they're going to win eight of these games by three points or less? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to. You talk about a scrappy team that just ends up on the right side of the coin more often than not. The Seattle Seahawks are the epitome of that. I have one phrase that encapsulates week 17. You ready? Yes. Let's get ready to rumble! Yes, Michael Buffer. Bring it on, baby. That's it. Bring it on. Let's go. I think there's a good chance there's a good chance we split again this season, although you know, it all depends on health, right? If there's com- yes. key components missing, then I think the potential for a split is in play. But if if the Niners stay relatively health, healthy and their injuries aren't too detrimental to the team's success, i.e., a kicker, then I think the 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 two zero sweep is in, is more in play. Then, well, Raymond, let's talk about one thing. It's actually in our notes. It's listed under the Bleacher Report predictions. But I think this is worthy of note to talk about right now. How many playoff teams from 2019 do the Seahawks play in their final five games? They play one team. And who would that be, Ray? Gee, I wonder. Can you tell me? It's going to be week 17 against the 49ers. For those of you that are not following along, <laughs> it's going to be the Niners. Now, now to, to be fair, I mean, we're going to be playing – in that in that stretch, we've got the Rams, the Bills, the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. Out of those five teams, this is just based on last year's success. You know, the Rams were still in it late in the year, and only the Redskins and Cardinals were really out of it. So we're 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 more or less going uh, facing three potential playoff contending teams versus Seattle's one. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. That in in the NFL, that's a huge difference. It is. Now, Raymond, let us, now that this came out, let the people know what the Bleacher Report final prediction was. And then I want to know, do you agree with these final predictions? So Bleacher Report thinks that the 49ers are going to end the season 12 and 4. They think the Seahawks will be 10 and 6. The Cardinals will finish 8 and 8 and the Rams will be 6 and 10. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty uh, generous for the Rams, but who knows? I could be wrong. Cardinals, I think, I think Cardinals for sure. Cardinals become a scrappy team that's that kind of has a chance, and then you know, kind of falls short in the latter half of the season to to end eight and eight. Still one year away if they're gonna, yeah. if they're going to make the turn. I think so. I could be wrong. You know, Cliff Kingsbury's not bad. He's not bad. They got a good quarterback over there, and like like we talked about earlier, they added a really dynamic piece at wide receiver to to really rejuvenate. You know, an, an aging squad or at least. Rejuvenate, you know the the ageless wonder that is Larry Fitzgerald, although not quite uh, the same speed, but definitely the same hands. Um, I I do not think that the Niners are going to finish twelve and four. Although I don't know if I should give away what my season prediction I think it's going to be. I just don't think it's going to be twelve and four. Do you think we do better or worse? I think we do better. Oh. <laughs> 
You heard it. I was not ready for that. You heard it here first on the gold cap. That's amazing. Uh, I think we do a little bit worse, but I don't think it makes that much of a difference. Let's put it that way. Got it. And we will obviously get more into that as we once we get closer to our season preview prediction episode. Absolutely. Uh, this has been badass. I don't know about you, but even just talking and breaking down every one of these games, I am like so ready for football to come back. But here's the question, Raymond, and we're going to end on this final question. This is the question of all questions. It was the question that our father, Rudy Solis Jr., the fourth unofficial member of the Goldcast, wanted me to ask on this episode. Do we have an NFL season to watch? I certainly hope so. It certainly seems like it. Everything that the NFL is putting out is under the impression that a season is going to commence. I think so, too. I mean, they're they're not playing any overseas games this year. We know that they canceled that. Everything's going to be played here in the States. So so they, they've obviously wheeled back some of their their normal uh, country, uh, you know, uh, overseas games just out of consideration for the pandemic. But they didn't say, you know, we're, you know, we're only playing in one state or we're only playing in two states. You know, they, they just scaled back a little bit. They're going to do a lot of virtual. Everything's going to be a lot of uh, really virtual. They've obviously added some new guidelines for ticket refunds. So they're obviously expecting stadiums to be allowed to to house participants. I mean, it'd be really weird to watch a virtual game like, or to, to just watch the game on TV with the stadium empty and everyone's just kind of watching from home. That'd be really weird. I think it'd be weird for the players too, to just play in an empty stadium. It's gotta be, I think there's, there's going to be, there'd be a weird psychological element. So I think they're obviously approaching this with the assumption that the stadiums are going to reopen in time for the season. Do you think the stadiums reopen? I don't think they reopen. I don't know because not not every state seems to be on board with opening at the same time. Some some states have talked about staying closed until the end of the year. Yeah, I think California is going to stay probably close to the end of the year. So so how does that work? <laughs> well, we know that Gavin Newsom open up, is going to open up a bunch of stores tomorrow, and, he, and then you know as we get closer to June, he's going to you know start to wheel back some of these phases. Not to get too off topic here. But I think that uh, I think precautions are going to stay in place through the end of the year and possibly further. But I think, you know, they're going to they're definitely going to try to get everything back to normal as soon as, you know, possible. Although Newsom seems to be playing it very cautiously. So so who knows? He, he could scale it back. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Well, I think the big fear is. You know, and and we're you know we're not going to go too far off topic. The big fear, of course, is that there that we go that there's a second wave, right? And that it's it's stronger than the than the first. I will say this: I think the NFL season happens no matter what, but I think we don't have crowds, and I don't think we I don't think we're going to have stadiums with crowds for I would say one to two seasons. If you put the if you put the over under at two and a half seasons, I would go under at two seasons for sure. Two seasons, no crowds. Really. That'd be my guess. Unless some miracle drug. If a, it's that extreme. If a miracle drug happens between now and then, miracle drug was standing, n- no vaccine happening, two seasons for sure. We have no crowds. Yeah. 
I think I think that I think you could pretty much mark that as a I think you could guarantee it for this season. And I think it all depends on what happens uh, during this time in the following year. Wow. I think uh, I think I think stadiums are going to have fans in them. I think that's what I think is going to happen. I could be wrong. You know, I, I you know, things seem to be leaning towards states being more cautious than anything else, although people seem to be getting antsy and even some some governors uh, for other states seem to be getting a little a little antsy and wanting to, you know, start to reopen things. And we know the administration's thinking that way, too. So who knows? Uh, who knows? I, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if it went on for two seasons straight. I don't know if this season plays to an empty stadium. That just seems so weird. I, it seems weird because it's obviously so foreign and it's never happened before. But I just don't know if, if it's going to be like that for the whole, you know, 16-game season. I just don't know, including playoffs. I mean, that's a lot of revenue money that Dallin told it. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk and basically the idea what what people are assuming right now not i haven't heard none of this is coming from nfl brass but what they're assuming is that they're going to probably expand to more days beyond sunday and then possibly have um new packages maybe for amazon maybe for netflix maybe for you know for other companies to give people opportunities to cash in and that'd be a way that the, the nfl would recoup the stadium revenue losses at least for football because i mean they're, they're losing everything right Vir- virtual virtual yeah, streaming tickets or something. I mean, because we're all, all, those of us that play for local cable are going to get the game, but then there's going to be there's got to be I don't know because those TV contracts are already done. They would have to go back and amend some of that to retool it to fit a crowdless stadium. Yeah, well, if they after add more days, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't exactly understand how they're going to do that either because you're right. Yeah, like those... we could spend a whole another podcast talking about this. <laughs> yeah, we could, <laughs> we could. Uh, just just uh, uh, prognosticating and uh, and hypothesizing on how this is going to go, but uh, but we don't have to do that here. Let's get back to the hypeness, Raymond. I know we lost the Super Bowl, and I might sound like the biggest homer of all time. But the quest for six has never felt closer at hand than it does this season. And uh, I, I think back to the San Antonio Spurs after they lost to the Miami Heat in 2013. They come back and destroy the Heat by the largest margin of victory ever, ever had in the NBA. I think about the Kansas City Royals when they lost to our New York, our, our New York, our San Francisco Giants. Uh, in Game Seven, the Madison Bumgarner game, uh, the, you know the most epic Game Seven, one, one of the most epic Game Sevens in World Series history, to take take that and solidify their dynasty. Royals come back and they go on that revenge mode and do it. Nobody has ever done it in the NFL. And the last time I remember, the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. They went all the way back to the NFC Championship. They won nine in a row and had to face the Seahawks. And had we just had home field advantage, I truly believe we win that game and we avenge that. If there's any team that can do this, if there's any team that can defy the odds, that can come back and win the Super Bowl and break this record, break this curse, flip it around, it's the one team that last time they lost the Super Bowl went all the way back to the NFC Championship, and I believe it's this team. I really truly believe the 49ers can do it, and I I, I think the quest for six has never felt more real. Absolutely, and I think uh, I think because we're coming off of a, a loss where we came so close— that there there's a fire in this team to 
a motivation, a, a psychological state that's really going to propel and fuel this team in in this upcoming season. And it's similar to the same fire that you talked about exhibited by the San Antonio Spurs. I would also put the Kansas City Royals in there like you did. Again, I, I think we're in that kind of position. And it's 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 very very uh, to me i think it's even it's it's more in plain sight to this team than the year before when they were just kind of learning that they're that how good they were now they know how good they are all right final question and i will leave it at this final question for you because we haven't asked there's the one X factor we haven't talked about this entire episode we've talked about the games we've talked about the records this entire season truly rests on one player's shoulders. And I think we both know who that is. That's Jimmy G. Does Jimmy G make the jump? Yeah, absolutely. Assuming he's, he stays healthy, I think absolutely. He's he's doing everything that a quarterback should do in order to propel himself into Pro Bowl play. And, you know, statistically, he had a Pro Bowl season, even though he wasn't elected to the Pro Bowl. But he put up similar numbers of top-tier quarterbacks that that have gone to Pro Bowls with those same numbers in previous years. So he's already playing at that level. So to me, there's only one direction to go because that's the direction that Jimmy's committed himself to going. So I think absolutely he gets better. I think Jimmy G makes the jump too. 110% he does. All right, what say you, Goldcast Nation? Is there a gauntlet? Where does the gauntlet start this season? Where is the gauntlet for you? Is it at week six with the Rams? Is it at week seven with the Patriots? Is it the Seahawks, Packers, Saints? Is it a is it a five-game gauntlet, or is it a three-game gauntlet, or is it a no-game gauntlet? You let us know. Does Jimmy G make the jump? And finally, do you agree with Bleacher Report's predictions? The 49ers go 12 and 4. Let us know in the comments. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and you let us know exactly what you think. And Raymond, now with this, the season grows ever closer. We're going to be back next week with our villains week. Get ready. Our villains top 11 podcast. Our boy Candlestick Wills, he'll be back in the building. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time. Same Gold Cast channel.